0: Hey there, welcome to The Tents. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, today I want to double back a little bit on uh, something we've talked about before. I want to talk about our little gooey friends, the fungi, for just a few minutes. I know I talk about them a lot, but despite their kind of off-putting appearance to some, they may be among the most beautiful, elegant, and useful organisms that we encounter in the aquatic world. I really believe that. Why do I have such a devotion to organisms which most of us find truly revolting in appearance? Well, it's because they're among the most important and useful organisms which we can have in our botanical method aquariums. Think about how they arrive in aquatic ecosystems, what they consume, how they derive nutrition, and what they do for the overall ecosystem. Now, let's do a little mental exercise here. As everyone knows, when you put stuff in water, wood, rocks, whatever, One of maybe four things seems to happen. Number one, nothing. (laughs) Uh, Or it gets covered in like this gooey slime of fungal growth and biofilm. Number three, it starts to break down. And of course, number four would be number two and three. It gets covered in stuff and breaks down. Now, it's pretty much a given that any botanicals or leaves that you drop into your aquarium will, over time, break down. Wood, too, of course. And typically, before they break down, they'll recruit, which is a fancy word for Acquire they'll recruit a coating of some rather unsightly looking growth. Well, unsightly to those who've not been, you know, sort of initiated into our little world of decomposition, fungal growth, biofilm, tinted water, and all that stuff. And they'll maintain, you know, those people often will maintain that an aquarium by definition is a pristine looking place without a speck of anything deemed aesthetically unattractive by the masses. So we have to sort of, program people to think about this differently. And with that little, you know, explanatory uh, passage out of the way, let's take a closer look at fungi, the stuff that you'll see covering leaves, botanicals, and wood that you place in your aquarium, and why you actually want this stuff in there in the first place. Now, the fungi known as aquatic hypomycytes produce enzymes which break down botanical materials in water. Essentially, they're primary influencers of leaf maceration or leaf, you know, breaking up leaves, I guess is a better way to say it. They're remarkably efficient at what they do too. In as little as three weeks, as much as 15% of the decomposing leaf biomass in many aquatic habitats is processed by fungi, according to one study that I found. Aquatic hyphomycites play a key role in the decomposition of plant litter of terrestrial origin, an ecological process in rainforest streams that allows for the transfer of energy and nutrients to higher trophic levels. In other words, it feeds things. This is what ecologists call nutrient cycling, folks. These fungi colonize leaf litter and twigs and stuff soon after they're immersed in the water. The fungi mineralize organic carbon and nutrients and convert coarse particulate matter into fine particulate organic matter. They also increase leaf litter palatability to shredders, which are organisms like shrimp and crustaceans and even some fish which helps facilitate their physical fragmentation. In other words, they help things break down. Now, fungi tend to colonize wood and botanical materials because they offer them a lot of surface area to thrive and live out their life cycle. Oh, and they offer cellulose, hemocellulose, and lignin, the major components of wood and botanical materials, which are degraded by fungi. Uh, Fungi possess these enzymes that can digest and assimilate these materials and, and their associated organics. It's pretty cool. Fungi are regarded by biologists to be the dominant organisms associated with decaying leaves and streams, so this gives you some idea as to why we see them in our aquariums, right? In aquarium work, we see fungal colonization on wood and leaves all the time. Most hobbyists will look on in sheer horror if they saw the same extensive amount of fungal growth on their carefully selected, artistically arranged wood pieces as they would in virtually any aquatic habitat in nature, it's a fact. Yet it's one of the most common, elegant, and beneficial processes that occurs in natural aquatic habitats. It's everywhere. Of course, fungal colonization of wood and botanicals is but one stage of a long process, which occurs in nature and in our aquariums. And as hobbyists, once we see the first signs of this stuff, the majority of us tend to run, you know, for the algae scraper or the you know brush or whatever and remove as much of it as possible, like immediately. And sure, this might provide some aesthetic relief for some period of time for those that are affected by this, but it comes right back because these materials will provide a continuous source of food and colonization sites for fungal growth for some time. I know that the idea of circumventing this stuff is appealing to many people, but the reality is that you're actually interrupting an essential, ecologically beneficial natural process. And as we know, nature abhors a vacuum and new growths will return to the void, thus prolonging the process. Again, think about the role of these aquatic hyphomycetes in nature. Fungal colonization facilitates the access to the energy trapped in deciduous leaves and other botanical materials found in tropical streams for a variety of other organisms to utilize. As we know by now, fungi play a huge role in the decomposition of leaves, both in the wild and in the aquarium by utilizing special enzymes aquatic fungi can degrade most of the molecular components in leaves such as the cellulose the hemocellulose, starch pectin and even lignin now fungi although not you know admittedly not the most attractive looking organisms are incredibly useful and they play well with a surprisingly large number of aquatic life forms to create substantial food webs both in the wild and in our aquariums natural habitats are absolutely filled with this stuff It's the whole game here, an explosion of life-giving materials free for the taking. Yet we freak the fuck out about it every time it shows up in our tanks. It's another mental shift, I guess, one of which many of you already made, no doubt, but I hope more do. I certainly look forward to seeing many examples of utilizing what you've got to the advantage of our fishes. Again, a truly natural aquarium is not sterile. It encourages the accumulation of organic materials and other nutrients. Not in excess, of course. The love of pristine, sterile-looking tanks is one of the biggest obstacles we need to overcome to really advance in the aquarium hobby, in my opinion. I know that's another one of those controversial opinions I take, but I really feel that way. I'm not saying every tank has to be grungy, but I'm saying we have to sometimes get beyond that vision of sterility that we have in our head. Biofilms, fungi, algae, detritus, they all have their place in the aquarium. Not as an excuse for lousy or lazy husbandry, but as supplemental food sources to power the ecology in our tanks and of course, as we've discussed many times here, fungi are actually an important food item for other life forms in the aquatic environments that we love so much. In one study I stumbled across gut content of over a hundred different aquatic insects cultured or collected excuse me um, from submerged wood and leaves, show that fungi comprised part of the diet of more than, I think it was 60% of them. And in turn, aquatic fungi were found in gut content analysis of many species of fishes in that same environment. This is makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? And one consideration here. Now, bacteria and fungi that decompose decaying plant material in turn consume dissolved oxygen for respiration during the process. So, This is one reason why we've told you for years that adding a huge amount of botanical material at one time to an established, stable aquarium is like a recipe for disaster. There's simply not enough fungal growth or bacteria to handle it. They reproduce really rapidly, and when they do that, they're consuming significant oxygen in the process. That's bad news for the impatient Support, codependency, symbiosis, whatever you want to call it. The presence of fungi in aquatic ecosystems is extremely important to other organisms. You can call it free biological filtration for your aquarium. It's great news for the patient, the studious, and the accepting. Think about this. These life forms arrive on the scene in nature and in our tanks to colonize appropriate materials, to process organics both in situ on the things that they're residing upon, leaves, twigs, etc., and from the water column. Yeah, if you intervene by removing stuff, bad things can happen. Like, worse things than, you know, a bunch of gooey-looking fungal and biofilm threads on your wood. Your aquarium suddenly loses its, you know, capability of processing the leaves and the associated organics, and who's there to take over? Okay, I'm repeating myself here again and again, but there's so much unfounded fear and loathing over aquatic fungi that somebody has to defend their merits, right? Might as well be me. My advice, my plea to you regarding fungal growths in your aquarium, just leave them alone they'll eventually peak and ultimately diminish over time as the materials and nutrients which they use uh, for growth become used up. It's not an endless outbreak, if you want to use that word, of unsightly fungal growth all over your botanicals and leaves. It goes away significantly over time. It's always going to be there, but not in this huge, huge numbers. It's in every aquarium. Over time, again. That's film and speak for, you know, please be more fucking patient. Seriously, though, hobbyists tend to overly freak out about this kind of stuff. Of course, as materials are added, or new materials are added to your tank, these are gonna be colonized by fungi, as nature deems appropriate, to work them. It's a cycle, It just, this is what happens. It's one of those things in the Botanical Method Aquarium that we need to wrap our heads around. We need to understand, lose our fears, and think about the many positives these organisms bring, you know, to our tanks. I mean, these small, seemingly annoying life forms are actually the most beautiful, elegant, beneficial friends we can have in the aquarium. That's like the fourth time I've said that in this podcast but I mean it when they arrive on the scene in our tanks we should celebrate their appearance why well because their appearance is yet another example of the wonders of nature you know playing out in our aquariums without us having to do anything of consequence to facilitate their presence other than setting up a tank embracing this botanical method in the first place we get to watch the processes of colonization and decomposition occur in the comfort of our own home the same stuff you see in any wild aquatic habitat worldwide it's amazing But those of you who must find some familiar comfort in established philosophy, look no further than the beloved master, Takashi Amano, who he laid down this track years ago. Yeah, I'm channeling Mr. Amano here. In the botanical method aquarium, Amano's concept of embracing the Japanese philosophy of wabi-sabi takes over. Accepting the transient nature of things and enjoying the beauty of the changes that occur over time. That's kind of what's happening with your botanical materials, right? It's part of the game as we've discussed ad nauseum around here is to understand, appreciate, and ultimately embrace the way the aquatic environment is influenced by the fungal growth, the biofilms, and the decomposition, which occur when the botanicals are added into our aquariums. And in turn, what happens to those botanicals when they're added to our aquarium? Remember, your aquarium is not a piece of kinetic art. It's a miniature closed aquatic ecosystem. Processes which occur in nature play out daily in your aquarium. Yeah, I admit decades ago, I freaked out about seeing fungal growths in my tanks too. I'd get a bit scared, wondering you know, if something was wrong and why no one else's aquarium ever seemed to look like mine. I used to think something was wrong. I really did. To reassure myself, I would stare for hours at underwater photos taken in the Amazon region showing decaying leaves, biofilms, and fungi all over the leaf litter. I'd read studies by researchers like Henderson and Walker detailing the dynamics of wild leaf litter zones and how productive and how unique they were. I remember telling myself that what I was seeing in my tanks was remarkably similar to what I saw in images and videos of the wild aquatic habitats that I wanted so badly to replicate. They seemed to look and even function so similarly. I'd pour over my water quality tests and confirm for myself that everything was okay. And it always was. And of course, I would watch my fishes, you know, for any sign of distress. I never saw them. Truth be known, I knew there wouldn't be any issues because I created my aquariums with a solid embrace of both basic aquatic biology and an understanding that an aquarium is not some sort of underwater art installation, but rather it's a living, breathing microcosm of organisms which work together to create a biome, and that the appearance of the aquarium only tells a small part of the story. And another big concept for you to wrap your head around, your aquarium, or more specifically, the colonized botanical materials which comprise the Botanical Method Aquarium infrastructure acts as a biological filter system. In other words, the botanical materials present in our systems provide enormous surface area, you know, upon which these beneficial bacterial biofilms and fungal growths can colonize. And These life forms, like fungi, utilize the organic compounds as a nutritional source, thus creating a sort of a nutrient assimilation process. Understanding and embracing this has changed everything about how I look at aquarium management and the creation of these functional closed aquatic ecosystems. It's really put the word natural back into the aquarium keeping parlance for me. And the idea of creating a multi-tiered ecosystem which provides a lot of the requirements needed to operate successfully with just a few basic maintenance practices, the passage of time, a lot of patience, and careful observation is super appealing. It means adopting a different outlook, uh, accepting a different yet very beautiful aesthetic, It's about listening to nature instead of the influencer on YouTube with the flashy gadget-driven tank and nothing substantive to back up his vapid narrative. I mean, it means educating yourself a bit, sometimes reading. It's not always fun at first for some people, and initially it seems like you're somehow doing things wrong, but you're not. And Mother Nature won't let you down if you don't lose faith in her. And yeah, it's about faith. Faith in Mother Nature, who's been doing this stuff for eons. She's got this. She'll hook you up if you allow her. If you have faith in her processes, have faith. Stay bold. Stay thoughtful. Stay curious. Stay patient. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Ten and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the Ten.